0: Elaine Louie, longtime Hollywood blogger, wrote the following in 2015. Quote, This incident became one of the most critical chapters in the origin story of internet gossip. The incident in question? Tom Cruise's 2005 appearance on The Oprah Winfrey Show, during which the actor danced maniacally around stage, hooped and hollered instead of answering any questions about War of the Worlds, the movie he was ostensibly on the show to promote, and, most famously of all, jumped up on the couch twice to proclaim his love for then-girlfriend Katie Holmes. In response, a gobsmacked Oprah could only say, You're gone. Twelve years before, a different megastar responded to Cruz's blustering in another hyper-reference moment. Jack Nicholson's, You can't handle the truth! became one of film's most quotable, and quoted, lines ever, whether the movie it was in was seen or not. The question of which response, Oprah's or Jack's, made more of a cultural impact is indeed a delicious debate. But one thing is for sure, Tom Cruise nuts. We're the two gomers, we're talking a few good men, and you're listening to Perfect Movie.
1: Welcome, everybody, to Perfect Movie, a podcast about two regular guys who went from couch to marathon, and now they're making their way back to the couch again. This is Anthony speaking, one of those two aforementioned gomers coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, with my friend Steven, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Hey, dude. What up, man?
0: (laughs) 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 I'm a little flustered, coming in a little flustered. (laughs) All right. So what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't know. So we <laughs> it's a tight record today, right? We have a couple hours in and out. Yep. Yep. Coming home from some heavy meetings. I know you're coming home from mm-hmm. a concert, right? Right. Yep. I'm um, prepping to, to tape the episode. Doodling. Little text from Anthony. I'm away home. Dude, you got to get a yoohoo for today's record. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I, 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 I go to a grocery store. I have to yep. ask the teenager that's working there, do you guys have Yoohoo? <laughs> yeah. And explain what that means. Okay. We search around the store forever. No Yoohoo. That happens oh, twice more. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> until finally I'm like, call. I call you on the phone like, do I have to get a Yoohoo? You're yeah. like, I got one. Just go to a gas station. <laughs> so I have to go to That's a fourth right. place. Uh huh. Finally, I get a YooHoo. Yes. Get home. We're starting this record forty minutes late.
1: So. Dude, it's okay. Yeah. Because now we both have the same drink. Okay. <laughs> and okay, so here, so here's the thing. YooHoo, we're yeah. talking a few good men, right? And uh, we we actually just took a screenshot, so that was like thirty. That took thirty seconds to get one, where we both looked cool.
0: (laughs) Several (laughs) screenshots, right?
1: Um. But so, Lieutenant Dan Caffey, played by Tom Cruise, right, is inviting his friends over to study for their
0: case. Yep, that's what's happening. He's inviting his friends over to study. (laughs) Wait, and he has. He says. I have YooHoo and there's something else he has. I can't remember. Cocoa Puffs. Oh, Cocoa Puffs, right? I'm surprised he didn't demand those also. Right. I I didn't want to
1: go too far, but I and I don't have I don't have Cocoa Puffs, mm. but I do have Reese's Puffs, which actually I think is superior to Cocoa A- 100%, Puffs. A hundred percent. Yeah. But like,
0: I I doubt they were I doubt they existed, right? Mm.
1: Good point. That's that is look upable. I don't know when Reese's Puffs came out. But basically, what he was saying is he eats sugar. Right. That's, ooh, which was a character in uh, Jerry Maguire. Sugar. Sugar. Remember Bob Sugar? No, I don't. It was like the the other sports agent.
0: Oh, that's true. Um, Yeah.
1: Yep. Okay. So basically, Tom Cruise, Dan Caffey eats and drinks sugar. And that's what I thought we should do. That, that that was my brainstorm this morning on my way to my concert, which I stopped at a gas station and got. I actually got two because I was like, I'm gonna drink this one and then the girls they'll wanna have one later.
0: It occurred to me in the middle of this wild goose chase that nobody mm-hmm. will know if I actually mm. have the Yoohoo. Hmm. But you know, yep. these are the lengths I go. So here here's the thing. I'm now I'm looking at this yoo-hoo. It yep. looks disgusting. Why did I do this? It, it's like not like a chocolate milk, chocolate drink. It yep. says, uh-huh. "Uh huh." Where it's like brown, like a solid right. color. This is like you can almost see through it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of thin. Very thin. Yeah. Yep. I'm okay. Should we try it? Yep. Cheers, bro. Cheers. Cheers to the camera.
0: Yep. <sighs> all right. All that said, <laughs> it's it's good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I had this brainstorm actually like four days ago when I was watching the movie uh-huh. for like the third time this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I almost, I went to Amazon and I was going to actually ship you like <laughs> a box of yoo but right. it was only available at like 36. And I was like, man, if he hates it, mm. wouldn't be
0: good. Um, all's forgiven. That's a good drink.
1: Yeah, it's not bad, right? Right. Way to go, Lieutenant Dan Caffey. <laughs>
0: lieutenant Dan. That's weird too, isn't it?
1: Didn't. Okay, you're right. I we I think they always say Daniel.
0: Is he a lieutenant? I, I can't remember.
1: Uh let's check the Gomer One sheet. Yes sir. Lieutenant Daniel Caffey. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. So here's here's a risk I think we're taking doing A Few Good Men. That's today's movie, by mm. the way. A Few Good Men. Yep. Uh is, you know, our premiere episode Jurassic Park. Yep. We know that thing in and out. We grew Mm -hmm. up with dinosaurs. We know about DNA. You're an expert on the music. This one feels a little bit like I don't know much about. I mean, I'm not from a military family, right? Right. And so rankings confuse me. I'm I'm not necessarily up on my law and how courtrooms. I mean, what I know about courtrooms and law and stuff is mostly from this movie. Right. Well, actually, I would
1: I would venture to guess that most of what we know about law, uh-huh. about military, and about politics, yeah, is from the pen of Aaron Sorkin.
0: That's that's probably a pretty good guess. Uh, wh- what other what other courtroom movies do I love?
1: I okay, mean, you know, or or John Grisham.
0: Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, we mentioned Pee Wee's Big Adventure.
1: Yep, there you uh,
0: go. Ghostbusters 2, there's that courtroom yep. scene mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: where they're pres- presenting evidence until those ghosts yep. come and destroy the place. Right. Uh, I'll have to think of other ones, but yeah, you're right that uh, there, a lot of outside reading goes into my dinosaur interests. Right. But I'm usually okay <laughs> with the knowledge that I have from the West Wing <laughs> and a few yeah. good men. Yep. Um. So, yeah. Just so you know, I'm not that mad about the YooHoo. Okay, good. Came in a little hot. I apologize for that.
1: <laughs> that was a hot take, dude. Our first <laughs> hot take, um, and I I know you weren't really mad because it was worth it. Mm-hmm. I knew that. in okay, I if if people um, will go get YooHoo this week, just go on Instagram, like put it in a story or something like that, and tag us, and we'll yeah. totally share it.
0: Right. Uh, That's one that's one way to get on our good side is to uh, specifically do things that we did on the podcast and take (laughs) a picture of it. (laughs) You'll get a retweet. You'll get a uh, you'll get on our story for sure.
1: Yep. Um, Dude. So rewatching it this week. Yeah. Super fun. I actually. okay. so so I we've got the file on the computer Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to do the VLC thing from last time because it's up a half step. I wanted this, the music of Aaron Sorkin's writing uh-huh. to be exactly the pitch. Um, so, we, so I did the thing where I went to iTunes yeah. on the Apple TV mm-hmm. and I put in all my credentials, ordered it. Yep. And so, dude, now we have it in like 4K Ultra. You bought it. You didn't rent it off of iTunes. You yep. bought it. Oh, no. Bought it, dude. Wow.
0: There you go. Yep. Yeah. Um, good. That's how much I liked it. So, do you own it at- Uh, on any physical media actually no i I don't so that that's the only time i bought it interesting yeah i have it on dvd okay there was a season of my life where dvds were starting to get cheap yep and i was starting to buy a bunch of movies on dvd that i liked Mm -hmm. right um like so it's important that i own shawshank redemption on dvd because pretty right. soon I, the, my VH copy will be obsolete, right? right. And so yeah. VH, A Few Good Men was one of those DVDs that I bought. And so I actually own yeah. that uh, yep. on DVD. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of fun. It's a bygone era right now, right? Like it's so easy to well, get digitally. It just, DVDs just look so bad. Mm. Like yeah.
1: that's the thing is a DVD collection, I think, went bad faster than a VHS collection
0: oh you mean um, like the picture quality
1: yeah can't yeah. stand that 480 whatever <laughs> it's all grainy remember when we first saw a dvd and we're like it's like lasers yes it's so crisp yep uh yeah I, but now I if agree. you put it like, in a blu-ray player
0: right yeah. right when blu-ray came out dvd the dvd quality looks terrible mm-hmm. yep. yeah that's true Oh, well, then you just buy it on iTunes and you'll, it. what did, did you get in 4K Ultra? Is that what you said?
1: I think so. And it's film. Right. So that's the thing about this this era is like, this movie is almost timeless looking. Right. You know, it just looks so good. So we'll get into some things that, that don't, aren't timeless. Right. Uh, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So should we do the Gomer 1 sheet?
1: Let's do the Gomer 1 sheet. All right. Wait, so. before
0: we start, I have to show you what uh. <laughs> So look at what I had to print up as the cover one sheet. The listener can't see this. But it literally looks like you did this and took a picture of it in like a cave. I can hardly read it. What happened? Usually, usually you send me a picture of it, and I can at least read the thing. This I I should post this to the listener.
1: <laughs> you have to post that. That is horrible, um, dude. But I later I emailed you a copy.
0: Oh, I didn't get that. So actually,
1: it, if you check your email right now, okay, the Gomer one sheet, nice and crisp, using a scanner. All right, is in there. But that was I was I was backstage, uh, <laughs> waiting to go on for my piece that I was playing.
0: Oh, okay. It's pitch
1: black back there, and so that's with my flash.
0: (laughs) It look I I found it on the on the email. That's good because I don't think this one is readable. Okay, (laughs) right. Actually, before the one sheet, yeah.
1: Why don't you do the VHS? Okay, you want me to do that
0: first? Yeah, let's do it. So this is the way we do a synopsis of the movie that we're gonna do. We find the VHS. Um, I'm very careful if I can to find VHS over DVD or Blu-ray because I Mm -hmm. something special about it. Um, Yeah. So here is the VHS synopsis of A Few Good Men. Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, and Demi Moore star in Rob Reiner's unanimously acclaimed drama. I don't know about that. About the dangerous difference between following orders and following one's conscience. Cruise Mm -hmm. stars as a brash Navy lawyer who's teamed with a gung-ho litigator, Moore, in a politically explosive murder case... Charged with defending two Marines accused of killing a fellow soldier, they are confronted with complex issues of loyalty and honor, including its most sacred code and its most formidable warrior, Nicholson. Superbly mm. directed with a trio of powerhouse performances and an outstanding supporting cast, including Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, and Christopher Guest, A Incredible. Few Good Men is a stirring, rousing, rip-roaring success. That's it. Great. Great. Uh, Christopher Guest getting a mention is a little odd yeah. to me. Yeah, I think uh I mean Noah
1: Wiley's in there, Cuba Gooding Jr, Kevin right. Pollock. why didn't he get on there? Right.
0: So th- I think the the substitution of Kevin Pollock with Christopher Guest yeah is odd. I mean Christopher Guest is like a Rob Reiner guy. Yep. So I guess I understand right cuz he was of course in Spinal Tap. Yep. And also in uh, Princess Bride.
1: Yep. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles also.
0: Right. But that's oh, not Rob Reiner. Oh, never mind. Yeah.
1: Wrong dude. <laughs> I'm thinking of another Rob Reiner dude that was in Planes, Trains. The
0: cop. Oh, right. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. That's, that's uh that's, um, um oh Another Spinal Tap dude. The other Spinal Tap guy, right. Now, I can't believe yep. I can't remember his name. It'll come to me uh, through the... Uh, through the episode for sure if you look for the for
1: the planes trains gomer one sheet
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'll have to look for that it's hard to find a little dark (laughs) so there you go i I think it's a pretty good vhs synopsis right i think they
1: got it pretty good here's what i like about the vhs box description is it's really close to when the movie came out okay so they're not writing it 20 years later like, because, like, if we probably looked at the iTunes one right now, mm-hmm. that's been rewritten. Yeah. For for today's palette. Right. You know, maybe back then Christopher Guest was so big. Like, I wonder if they were hoping if we put Christopher Guest in the description, we'll get a few more. <laughs> that could be. I mean, who's
0: a bigger star than Christopher Guest, who was on screen for two minutes, maybe? Right. Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really like your theory, though, that it's written close to the release. And so you get even Mm -hmm. more of like that taste. Uh, One more thing I noticed that I want to that I want to just say when. So we you know, we've got our planes, trains and automobiles coming up, our episode coming up on Thanksgiving. Yep. We've already taped that. And on that episode, I say that's our first R rated movie that we're reviewing. Mm. But Ah. now that's not true anymore. 'Cause that episode's coming out later and we're doing a few good men, and I'm just reminded here on the back of the VHS that this is R rated.
1: Got it. Okay, so minor continuity error from the Gomers. Yeah. Also, we're lying when we say Happy Thanksgiving. I guess.
0: <laughs> you mean on that episode? <laughs> yeah.
1: We, we see just behind the scenes, we recorded a bunch of episodes that we wanted to practice with right. before we got to these like blockbusters.
0: Definitely Um, before we got to the Jurassic Park episode, we're like, we have to figure some things out before we get there. And so, when we taped the Planes, Trains, and Automobiles episode, we said, we're going to pretend. We're going to pretend that it's Thanksgiving. So, well, now now they know. When they listen to that episode, we're lying.
1: We already spilled the beans on that shoot. All right, should we do the Gomer 1 sheet? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so I'm Anthony, Gomer 1, Mm -hmm. and this is my... Movie report on one sheet Okay Yeah (laughs) Okay so Release date December 9th 1992 Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was actually In a small theater It actually came out On the 11th Same thing happened Actually for Jurassic Park Right yeah You said the 9th Or the the 11th in the opening And then it actually Came out on the 9th Or the other way around Yeah I I think Um, you're right It
0: went wide On A couple days later Sure In both of these cases Um, Yeah
1: Running time 2 hour and 18 minutes Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, rated R budget was estimated between 36 and 41 million. Uh huh. Which actually I think is super interesting because the budget for Jurassic Park was like 60 million or something like that.
0: It's got to be the difference between superstars in the main roles. Right. Yes. I mean, call. most of yep. the money here went to Tom Cruise, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, Jack Nicholson, yeah. 5 million. And Demi Moore, like, I mean, she's coming off of Ghost, right? Yeah. Like, like she's a big deal too. So all the yep. money that would go into dinosaur special effects goes into Tom Cruise's salary instead.
1: Right. I just thought that was super interesting because, yeah. you know, only like 15 million less or so, you know, r- roughly whatever, uh, for basically a play to be yeah. videotaped. Right. You know what I mean? Like when they videotaped Forty Second Street or. Um, what was that
0: murder mysteries of 1940 (laughs) you're talking about plays where we were in in high school in high school yeah there's a little bit of a difference but you're right not too much
1: i mean basically they videotaped a play for 41 million dollars um yeah okay gross at the box office yeah worldwide 243 million wow um so that made more than musical comedy murders of 1940 which is the best play Maybe one of the best creative things we ever did.
0: Yeah, and your role especially was quite stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right.
1: Hell, so you forgot the sugar. We never Elsa. saw your
0: face. <laughs> and like you
1: stood in or somebody stood in for me that one time because I had to go play with the Milwaukee Symphony.
0: Alex did. <laughs> yeah, he played your part and no one was the wiser. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Okay. Um, nominated for four Academy Awards. Uh-huh. Picture supporting actor Jack Nicholson. Right. Who lost to Gene Hackman. Sound and editing. Sound. Um, but it didn't. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Dude. So we're we'll, we're definitely going to talk about that later because sound in this movie. I love it. Yeah. Score. Not so much. Uh huh. Sound though. Amazing. I don't um, think you're
0: going to be kay. pulling your bassoon out on this episode <laughs> to play any of the uh... good men's score. <laughs> Just a guess.
1: I. I... I I definitely don't think so. I'll I'll try maybe. Right, uh, dude, here's something that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Same theater, like same time that this was in the theaters,
0: Home Alone Two was in the theaters. Big deal. I mean, so yeah. So Home Alone Two. Yeah. Uh, what else was in the theaters then? Oh,
1: Sneakers. Oh well, not at the same time, but that that year, Sneakers, League of Their Own, Basic Instinct. Oh, it's it, the Home Alone
0: Two thing is interesting because this is like a christmas time release this movie. yes that's
1: what yeah that's what kind of like made me excited when i looked that up december so that puts like this nice little extra nugget of beauty about this movie that it
0: came out when it was snowing in wisconsin i was gonna say it it's a nice fall movie there's like that one mm-hmm. scene where tom cruise and kevin pollock are like walking around dc like near his yep. brownstone or whatever mm-hmm. and there's all those so leaves on the ground so it felt yeah. like very fall and a great time of year to watch this movie but it's a yep it's a bonus little nugget that it came out around christmas time
1: yeah you know you make a great call though this is a fall movie mm-hmm. dc looks incredible yep the the leave leave coloring is is amazing actually dude i gotta say right now you can't see it but Right out my window. We have two huge trees in our front yard and they're both turning red. Nice. Stunning. Love yeah,
0: it. Awesome. Yep. So it was, it felt strangely timely to watch this movie mm-hmm. in the fall because it was obviously filmed in the autumn See.
1: Yep. DC. Um, 82% Rotten Tomatoes, which gets a what?
0: Yeah. You don't like that? You want it to be I higher? Don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't quite get that. Um, anything else that jumps out at you here on your one sheet?
1: <laughs> Just that it was a big year for small screen stuff. Uh-huh. Sitcoms were huge. Oh right. I, I guess the, the reason that I like these kind of like placing the movie in the exact moment mm-hmm. is is um like again Home Alone two we were at the theater. I did not see this at the theater. No, me neither. Like I would have been zero percent interested in this in eighth grade. Uh huh. Um, but Home Alone two in the theater next door at Point Cinema. Oh, Probably right. Like I mean, I was times. at the
0: theater a lot during these yep. times. I mean, Aladdin, Batman Returns, League of Their Own, mm. Wayne's yep. World, which is one of the best theater experiences I've ever had in my life. Oh man! Um, Home Alone 2 with the Plus program. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and Sneakers, <laughs> right? I mean, Sneakers was big for me because I went into that movie not knowing anything about it and mm. realizing I can have a great time in the theater even when I have nothing to go on.
1: Yeah, so yeah, that's another great. Gotta be talked about as soon as possible, dude. I'm itching to talk about sneakers.
0: Mm -hmm. All right, dude. Well, let's listen to the trailer.
1: Dude, let's do the trailer. Before that, I just wanted to say this super interesting fact. Uh Why is this movie called A Few Good Men?
0: Oh, good. I was wondering that. I I was wondering if that's something I didn't know because I'm not from a military family. Right? Is is that something that is said a lot? Sort
1: of. Okay, so, okay, this is ripped off of IMDb, okay, so if it's wrong, you know. But anyways, um, here's what it says. The title for the play and film came from a long-running recruiting campaign for the U.S. Marine Corps, Mm. and it said, we're looking for a few good men. Oh, got it. The campaign was slowly phased out through the 1980s with the well-known, the few, the proud, the Marines.
0: Okay, okay. So it is, it is that it's, it's maybe not something that everybody says, right, but it is definitely, um, so uh, the title would evoke something probably in a certain generation. For sure. The
1: the recruiting campaign kind of like, uh, who has the right stuff, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the right stuff. Is that on our list? Dude, get that on the list.
0: Put it on there.
1: Okay, while while
0: I do that, let's listen to the trailer of A Few Good Men. (laughs) All right. And then after that, we'll put this courtroom movie into our virtual courtroom.
1: Great. You ever served in an infantry unit, son? No, sir. Ever served in a forward area? No, sir. Ever put your life in another man's hands ask him to put his life in yours? No, sir. We follow orders, son. We follow
0: orders or people die. It's that simple. Are we clear? Yes, sir. Are we clear? Crispin.
1: All those having business with this general court martial, stand forward and you shall be heard. The facts of the case are these. On midnight of September 6, the accused entered the barracks room of their platoon mate. They woke him up, tied his arms and legs with tape, forced a rag into his throat. A few minutes later, a chemical reaction caused his lungs to begin bleeding. He drowned in his own blood and was pronounced dead at 37 minutes past midnight. You think Santiago was murdered? Private Santiago is dead, and that is a tragedy. But he is dead because he had no code. He is dead because he had no honor, and God was watching. How do you feel about that theory? Sounds good to me. I'll knock it all down to
0: involuntary manslaughter. No
1: deal. We're going to court. No, you're not. Why not?
0: Because you'll lose. You want to investigate me? Roll the dice and take your chances. I eat breakfast 300 yards from 4,000 Cubans who were trained to kill me. So don't think for one second you can come down here, flash a badge, and make me nervous.
1: Your men follow orders or people die. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You? But if this case is handled in the same fast-food, slick-ass Persian bizarre manner with which you seem to handle everything else, then something's gonna get missed.
0: In the heart of the nation's capital. In a courthouse of the United States government, one man will stop at nothing to keep his honor. And one will stop at nothing to find the truth. All rise. Hey.
1: How's it going over there? I hear there was a Code
0: Red down in Cuba. Let's go find out. So wait, in this situation, the bailiff, who is your neighbor from your dorm room in, at the UW-Madison, is going to leave the courtroom and go down to Guantanamo Bay.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, but I, I was thinking stream of consciousness. Okay, dude, so we've got our Yu okay, Yeah. So this is part two of the Yu And also, this isn't like sponsored, although that would be unbelievable.
0: If you who sponsored us... If- yeah. Well, I mean, let us uh, we're on offer. Let's say that. The, the okay. Gomers are on okay. offer to you who, if you <laughs> want to give us a call, let us know. We'll do an ad for you.
1: Right. Now, we did um, on the Gomers uh, a long time ago talk about Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, that right. documentary. Yes. So this is a little bit incongruous with that.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, go- the Gomers are nothing if not incongruous when it comes to <laughs> talking about health and then eating nonstop at McDonald's. <laughs> So what are you going
1: right. to do? Okay, so here's what you do. Take your Yu hoo Yeah. I'm going to make an egg cream out of this, okay?
0: I was wondering. The, the, so the egg cream, one of the ingredients is Yu hoo right?
1: Well, no, okay. Oh, okay, milk. so if, if yes, if you're from New York, you're super mad because you need Fox's U-Bet syrup and milk mm-hmm. but I'm using you this is a, a poor man no that's not true yeah a poor man is more expensive
0: <laughs> I see financially it doesn't make any sense but I know what you mean right like it's a not quite as good egg cream
1: yes so you take your you and then uh, put your LaCroix into it yeah you got yourself a chocolate soda
0: huh and take a, take a sip of that and let me know how it is because I don't have a LaCroix on hand mmm Way better, dude. Okay, so good. I'll I'll do that after the record today. Okay, so okay. awesome. Um, we are now in our virtual courtroom. We Anthony and I yep. believe the movie to be perfect, A Few Good Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. But we know not everyone is going to agree with us. At the end of this mm-hmm. uh, trial, we're going to let you, our listeners, uh, give us some feedback about whether you think A Few Good Men is a perfect movie by going to our Instagram, Facebook, emailing us, or going to our website perfectmoviepodcast.com and voting. So we are going to do our best as we talk through the movie right now to present yep. several pieces of evidence that prove that a few good men is indeed perfect and the way that we do that is we interrupt the conversation with the following sound. Now, I looked that I looked this up how to how to pronounce that sound. Okay. There's a little bit of internet argument around it okay but, but it's most widely decided that the way to say that sound is done done mm, okay so we'll done done in when okay. we believe that we have some evidence to present each of us gets two pieces of evidence and then <laughs> then we usually cheat <laughs> by doing honorable mentions <laughs> on stuff we try to keep it tight but you know sometimes yep. uh we get a little carried away uh i also had this idea dude um because we were talking a little bit about the score even coming yep. into this. So yep. I was thinking that we also might be able to each get a stricken from the record. Mm. So if there is something that kind of screws up the fact that we think this movie is perfect, we can yep. strike that one piece of evidence
1: from the record. Nice. Dude, that is great. Okay. I got so... that
0: I got that idea watching this movie and then connecting it to what you were saying and what we were both saying about the score of this movie is not great right so could we i mean we make the rules right it's our podcast could we strike yeah, something that's right. from the record when we feel the need to do so okay so when when we
1: get to that point mm-hmm. we'll talk about it and then strike it from the record okay okay
0: all right should awesome. we should we just head into it let's start at the top bro okay both you and i I think we established just now, did not see this in the theater. Right. Too young. Yeah.
1: And I, actually... I, I mean, also... Yeah.
0: I, I tried to show this to my sons. Uh-huh. One is 13 and one is 16. Yep. Um, Noah, my 16-year-old, was way more interested. Jack lasted 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> there's just, I mean, there's not much going on. Like you said, it's originally a play. Right. Uh, turned into a movie the the writing is dense and confusing. Yep. Right. It's an Aaron Sorkin thing, right? You're trying to catch up. Yeah. Right. Totally. You're you're not a step ahead of the writing in this movie. It's a step ahead of you and you have to mm-hmm. figure
1: it out as you go on. It that, that's one of the things that makes it so great and we'll we'll that, right. that's definitely going to be one of my chunk chunks See, I still like chunk chunk, dude. Okay, should but we just done, chunk done.
0: Let, let's do chunk chunk.
1: I, I like chunk chunk better. Me too. I agree. Um, what, what is that? That's an onomatopoeia, right? Yep. Okay. Good job. That's what I hear Mm -hmm. when I, when I hear that. Um, but, uh, the, yeah, the writing is like, is what makes it so good is that you want to watch it over and over and over again. Right. Um, we're, we're definitely going to get into that later, but
0: yeah, I I was, I had forgotten how good the writing was. So I was a little nervous Mm, about that coming in, but I was never bored. The whole movie, Good. I was never bored the whole time because the writing is totally. so intriguing and so well done. And and we'll talk about that as we go on. So let, let's do it. Okay, so there's kind of this act one of this movie, right? Yep. Uh, It opens to the... Mm. Right, you open on the actual crime. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's like a harpsichord playing that weird. Right, you open on um, Guantanamo Bay, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's
1: supposed to be. I think it's like Culver City. Right. <laughs> I read somewhere that that the that they didn't like uh, endorse this film, uh-huh. so nothing is actually filmed like on a base. Well, oh. plus you probably wouldn't film. Just in Guantanamo Bay anyways, but...
0: No, but sometimes you get into these places, right? I I think also of like if you're filming in the White House, they want to know what it's about, right? And whether or not the White House comes off as in a positive light or not. And so if not, you have to build a set.
1: Yeah, and that's why uh, basically Sorkin just owns his own Oval Office.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They just film American President all the west wing (laughs) right he gets just gets it shipped around the country wherever he happens to be (laughs) right
1: (laughs) Um, we have one here in atlanta georgia dude oh really yep at the uh carter carter museum
0: oh pretty sweet
1: do they film in that no okay it's just kind of like look it's like it like looks like it did when he was president
0: right i i wonder how many oval offices there are I yeah. mean, there's also got to be one in Atlanta where they film Marvel movies yes. and things like that. Right? Super
1: good call. Yep. Yeah, totally. Um, right next to the secret recipe for Coca-Cola.
0: Right next door <laughs> is the Marvel Studios. <laughs> right. With an oval that, which inside. is our
1: pitch. It's our pitch for National Treasure Three. <laughs> um, which is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal it. What?
0: I'm gonna steal Coca-Cola recipe.
1: Hold it hostage. (laughs) Hold a country hostage.
0: (laughs) Yep. Okay. So we open on the actual crime, right? These two guys stuff a rag into another guy's mouth. We find out pretty quickly that that uh, crime has resulted in that soldier's death.
1: Mm -hmm. Which right away, Mm -hmm. I've seen this on cable tons of times, have saved it on many DVRs. Yeah. And this is the first thing that I was like, I've never actually seen this scene.
0: Oh, because you come into it late usually? No, because
1: this is cut. Really? From the from the T V version. No way. So like the T V version opening is way shorter. Like basically you just see um you just see them go in there and the the dude screams and that's it. And then you cut straight to the band. Okay. Boop.
0: So actually, it cuts straight to. Oh, maybe I mean you were talking about sound, right? It it yep. cuts right to this kind of gun. What would what would you call it? Like a ceremony with these yeah. dudes. No music, but they're just right. doing all these really amazing things with spinning their uh, guns around and shooting into the air, and then the music kind of kicks in, right?
1: Right. Well, that's actually after after that dude oh is it okay. so yeah so you you hear the band mm-hmm. um which dude super funny to watch the musicians just watch their fingers because they're like zero percent <laughs> playing along
0: like your, the, there's a great shot peeve, right like when <laughs> when it's supposed to be a real band um yeah and like somebody like strumming a guitar
1: yeah <laughs> and just like well <laughs> i mean a great <laughs> with their yeah, fingers you just, Look at one of the horn players. He's, like, literally, like, twiddling his fingers. It's super funny. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, obviously doing close-ups. Yeah. Um, Yep. Um, And then they cut to that rifle scene. And right there is where, dude, Academy Award nomination makes total sense. Because there's, like, a Mm -hmm. minute-long moment there where, you know, it just sounds amazing. Like, it sounds, again, like music. It's like... yeah. You know, it's so cool.
0: Yeah, it's really impressive visually, but with that yep. sound in it, it's mm-hmm. it's like stunning. Like yeah. it, it sets up how professional and yeah. um yeah, it's it sets something up around this around the world you're in. Yep, totally. Uh, where everybody acts in a certain way, um, yep. and that's a really important thing so that it all kind of functions. Everybody has their job, and if any of those totally. guys didn't do their job right, it would mess up the whole production.
1: So it's, that's, it's, that's amazing. I mean, even yep.
0: that's good writing, even though there's no, uh, th- like you were saying, kind of the musical dialogue that Aaron Sorkin has.
1: Yeah, it's like... You fall in line. Mm-hmm. You follow orders. Yep. Or people die. Yes. You know, right. like it's right there in that opening scene. I had never even thought of it that way. That's super cool.
0: And then uh Demi Moore, Joanne, kind of walks past them toward mm-hmm. uh, this meeting that she ends up having around who's going to defend these two uh, these two Marines who caused the yep. death of their fellow soldier.
1: Yep. So, dude, right here, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do any evidence right here, you hear Aaron Sorkin from the first beat. I agree. You know, like, it'll be me, it'll be I. No, not I, it'll be me. Yep. You know, it. I, I would like it to be me. Myself. Um, she's the, going the, over that, and you hear right, the process. Me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rehearsing it. Yep. Super funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, you could hear any West Wing character saying that.
0: Very, very right typical West Wing, sports night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you, you can yep. hear CJ Craig doing that, practicing what she's yes. going to say very carefully before she gets up on the podium and then messing it up, right? It's, 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 right. it's, it's a exactly. Sorkin trope. <laughs>
1: totally, yeah. This movie has so many Sorkin tropes, yeah.
0: Definitely, which is weird to say because this was his first thing, right?
1: hmm yep.
0: I, I don't okay, know bro. that you... much about the play besides... It was his kind of breakout. Uh, Obviously, I think it was performed 500 times or something. Yeah. uh, And then they made this movie out of it.
1: Right, dude. Okay, so I need to chunk in. Okay. So my exhibit A Uh for why this is a perfect movie. Yep. Aaron Sorkin. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So this... Okay, this blows my mind that uh-huh. this is the first thing that he wrote. Right. So the the story goes, I I you know, because I got the extras, so I watched the
0: Oh you get the, the extras little... when you buy it on iTunes?
1: Yeah, dude. You get the featurettes and the oh, commentaries wow. and okay. and all that stuff. Yeah. So the the story goes, according to him, that he was a bartender mm-hmm. and he was sketching out this play on cocktail napkins. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that that's that's a classic story screenwriter, <laughs> right, storyteller. Exactly.
0: It's JK Rowling on a train, right? Aaron Sorkin right. in a bar. Uh-huh.
1: Yep. Yep. All the best stuff. Uh, you know, um J.R.R. Tolkien just like writing worlds and languages. Mm-hmm. Um actually you could kind of say that uh Sorkin is writing his own language. Um But man, dude, his it's it's like his It's like a musician that has their own voice Uh immediately. Right. You know what I mean? So I heard him say that like some of the things give him like are a little bit cringeworthy. Like if if I wrote it again, Uh these lines. So for me, like just as an example right here, she goes into um, that meeting. You know, she she messes up her line. That's classic, Mm -hmm. like we said. Um, But then there's kind of like these these, uh, moments where he's like. I'd like you to go outside so that we can talk about you behind your back. Right, Larry like, Sorkin. Th- that that line made me laugh. That one kind of, I don't know, little <laughs> cringeworthy on that one. <laughs> like that was a little bit on the nose, yeah, or something.
0: I I think I have a complicated relationship with Aaron Sorkin's writing. Okay. In that I love ninety percent of it. Okay. And hate ten percent of it. Mm. There's no middle okay. ground for me. And so sometimes his uh, his habits really bug me, mostly because I see them over and over again. And so there's sure. one thing that he will often do, which is like um, one character says, you should do this. And the other character mm-hmm. says, I'm not doing that. No, you should mm-hmm. really do this. No, I'm not going to do it. Yep. No, right. you really need to do this. No, I'm not going to do it. So what are you going to do? That. And it's the same thing they've been arguing about. And he <laughs> yeah. uses that so much. It's like yeah. you begin to... It, it's not a positive way of getting into his rhythm. It's like, just get this p- part over with because I know what's going to happen at the end. Um, right. You you know the end
1: before... Like at the beginning. Right. Um, so I, I wrote down just a few of these tropes as I, as we were going through the movie. Yeah. So this is the first time where we see a walk and talk. Okay. So like... Galloway and um, Caffey mm-hmm. Weinberg. There's tons of walk and talks. Yeah. Um, there's walk and talks with um, Kevin Bacon. Right. And Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's totally, you know, that's in American present. That's in West Wing. That's in everything he's ever done. Yeah. Um. He uses a lot of props. Okay. Um. So like we get into when uh, Galloway and Caffey meet for the first time. Right. He's and he's, he's just playing softball no, no no he's eating an apple <laughs>
0: okay great <right. laughs> yeah eating an apple that's that's very true like they always his characters always need to be doing something while yes, they're talking totally walking yep. eating hitting a baseball yeah you're you're totally right about that and I've never thought about it before
1: like think about Toby uh-huh. like he's always bouncing some ball yep he's always like crunching up some piece of paper mm-hmm. um you know like clicking his pen mm-hmm. or um yeah so fiddling got, with something yeah all, always totally yeah um Pratt falls is another thing yep which i was waiting for like that's a classic like mm-hmm. somebody always falls into you know trips and falls or yeah. is klutzy
0: yeah that actually never happened in this no which i
1: was yeah he's pre he's, about.
0: He's fall. In a few good men, you're you're totally right. Mm. Yeah,
1: um, and then he just likes to kind of like casualize everything. Yep, you know what I mean. Um, like, like really think important about, things, but talked about right casually. So like when Tom Cruise is yeah. like Santiago, and he's like, "Who's that again?" Uh huh. And she's like, "That's your client. Okay, right, write that down."
0: Yeah. You know. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. So uh, all of that is kind of happening. Right, These characters are meeting, Demi Moore's character, which is Joanne Galloway, right? Yep. Tom Cruise's character, Daniel Caffey. Obviously, there's tension there. Um, Mm -hmm. A little bit of playfulness later, but right away, there's just complete tension um, over who's going to take the lead on this case. Right. It's given to Caffey, Tom Cruise's character, instead of Demi Moore's character, and she's upset about that. And... And then we also get introduced to Colonel Jessup, Mm. Jackie Boy. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Jack Nicholson uh, just chewing up scenery the whole time. Mm -hmm. I would say overacting if it was anybody but Jack Nicholson, right? Right, yeah. But so when you're talking about Sorkin, like there are some actors where Sorkin's words just fit in their mouths and I think this partnership Aaron Sorkin and Jack Nicholson is incredible because his words just work oh man
1: so good yeah it's like um I, I saw this in the in those extras he was like Reiner got Jack Nicholson to do Jessup and Sorkin's like wow like and then and then like sarcastically he's like we we couldn't do better than that (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah right who who was your first choice (laughs) right yeah so they talked about that at the table read for this Mm -hmm. um you know everybody's reading their lines so so jack nicholson isn't in until what like 20 minutes in right yeah um and so they're all just reading Mm -hmm. and kind of like you know the normal thing he starts his first line Mm -hmm. right we can't say it on the podcast. <laughs> Who the beep is William <laughs> right. Santiago?
0: Yeah, Ooh, that's a good impression. Good job.
1: And um, they everybody said like they they showed Tom Cruise, they showed Bacon, they mm-hmm. showed Reiner Sorkin. Everybody sat up straighter, and they're like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, like this is this is major leagues now,
0: right? And I think he really shines most opposite Tom Cruise. Oh, man. So you have totally. that scene that you're talking about, which is him and Kiefer Sutherland and um, Joshua Molina for, like, a second he comes in, <laughs> right? right? Uh, yeah. Uh, and then this this other character, Markinson, uh, mm-hmm. his, like, second-in-command guy. And so uh, there's that, and he's good. But then when mm-hmm. Demi Moore and Tom Cruise fly down... Yes. In their whites... Right. And you really get a picture of what uh who the character of colonel jessup really is when he's put up against tom cruise's character and they have that little kind of mini spat and 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 it's just a powerhouse that scene is amazing oh yeah well it you're setting up
1: these two these two different sides Mm -hmm. so you've got the obeying orders Uh, This is the way it has to be or people die. Right. And then you've got this super casual, like fly by the seat of your pants kind of um, lawyer dude um, that just wants to settle a case as quickly as possible. Right. Um,
0: And you find out later that there's a reason he was put on that case mm, because he's a new lawyer who they just figure is going to get the case done as soon as he can. But right. then in this scene when he meets Jessup, it yeah, that's when things start you see the gear start turning in right. Cruz's head about something is wrong here. And then that kind of leads to kind of the big uh climax of act one, which is they go into the courtroom and mm-hmm. Tom Cruise uh has the decision about whether or not he's gonna plead not guilty, or actually yep. get rid of the case because he doesn't want to do it, or uh, kind of nut up and do <laughs> and say these they're not guilty, and so I'm going to bring this case to court.
1: Mm-hmm. Amazing end to act one.
0: Yep. Um, so then, uh, then then it's kind of like this first courtroom uh, sequence. Where uh, you get to see uh, Cruz in Action defending uh, these two guys against uh, Kevin Bacon, the prosecutor. And I actually, I think this is my favorite part of the movie, maybe, where you actually get to see this guy, Caffey, is actually a talent. And it's fun to watch them kind of go back and forth. And so actually I'm gonna I think I'm gonna chunk in here. Um yes. with with one of my favorite moments in the movie, which okay. is uh they've Noah Wiley is up on the stand, right? Yes. And there's this back and forth about Kevin Bacon brings up the manual and is like, yeah. show me in the manual where the term code red is.
1: Operating Procedure, Rifle Security Company, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Now, I assume we'll find the term code red and its definition in that book. Am I correct? No, sir. No? Corporal Barnes, I'm a Marine. Is there no book, no manual or pamphlet, no set of orders or regulations that lets me know that, as a Marine, one of my duties is to perform code reds? No, sir. No book, sir.
0: No further questions. Corporal.
1: Would you turn to the page in this book that says where the mess hall is, please? <laughs> well, Lieutenant Caffey, that's not in the book, sir. You mean to say in all your time at Gitmo you've never had a meal?
0: No, sir. Three squares a day, sir.
1: I don't understand. How did you know where the mess hall was if it's not in this book? Well, I guess I just followed the crowd at chow time, sir. No more questions.
0: Yeah, and... uh. Noah Wiley's like it's not in the manual and Kevin Bacon thinks I did it right yep and then on right. his way back to the desk yep. Tom Cruise snatches the manual from him and says show me in right. the manual where or how to get to the cafeteria yes Noah Wiley's confused by that it's not in the manual and Tom Cruise says well how do you know that you're sp- how to, how to get to the cafeteria and Noah Wiley says well I just follow what everybody else is doing uh, and it's just kind of yep. like this at that point and throughout a lot of the rest of the movie, it feels like a, it feels like Aaron Sorkin is like writing a sports movie. Yes, totally. Uh, Where it where they're just like jabbing. Yep. And they both kind of begin to respect each other. Kevin Bacon and Tom Cruise, I mean. And, right. And so... It feels to me like, I mean, Aaron Sorkin obviously loves sports. It's all sorts of sports metaphors throughout all of his writing. Yeah. And so this, it's a really fun moment to me. Like a really fun moment where the underdog in a sports movie gets like a good victory.
1: Yeah. That's like his first victory, right? right.
0: Yep. Or may, Well,
1: now that I'm thinking, yeah. Like like his, his first big, yeah, slam dunk. Yep. Um. So the 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 sports thing makes a lot of sense, dude. Because I feel like, and again, we know very little mm-hmm. about like law and stuff. Um, <laughs> this is where we're the Gomers. Yeah,
0: exactly. We are really proving that this is a two Gomers podcast right now.
1: Right. Still the Gomers. Yep. Um, but it's almost as if you've got two sides mm-hmm. and. Either, um, either Caffey, what, what's Kevin Bacon's dude's name again? I, I,
0: I can't read it. It's too dark. (laughs) It's too
1: dark. Uh, Captain Jack Ross. Okay. Yeah. Jack. Okay. So here's the, the, the interesting thing is like either one of them could have been, um, you know, arguing the case for either person. Right. It's just, this is what they were assigned to, which we find out later, Obviously, Caffey was assigned on purpose. Yeah. Because it'll probably just settle it Mm -hmm. out of court. Yeah. um, And, you know, plea bargain it or whatever it Mm is. So, like, there's that moment earlier. Yeah. Like, right before the judge gets in there. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I'll flip you for it. Yeah. You know, like, you want to actually switch. Uh Uh-huh. Because, you know, and and then there's that scene later in the bar. Right. Referring to right here where it was like, nice job on that redirect. Uh Uh-huh. Um, You know, kind of like respecting each other as lawyers that are playing this game. Right. Essentially. Yeah. Um, But then he says, Jack Ross, Captain Jack Ross Mm -hmm. says, um, I don't think your clients should go to jail. I don't think they did this, but I can't. That's that's not my job to say. Yeah. And then I defend the the country without passion or prejudice. So it's like he's a lawyer arguing a case that's that's what he is you know what i mean
0: yeah it, it really this this game. last time i was watching through i thought a lot about that Th- this this concept that you're talking about which is it's not a, and i think even tom cruise might yell this at some point he yells a lot of things it's, it doesn't yeah. matter what i believe it mm. matters what i can prove
1: they need you you know how to win you know they have a case and you know how to win if you walk away from this now
0: you've sealed their fate their fate was sealed the moment Santiago died. Do you believe they have a case? <laughs> you and Dawson, you both live in the same dream world. It doesn't matter what I believe. It only matters what I can prove. So please don't tell me
1: what I know and don't know I know the law.
0: So that's his job. Yep. I also wonder how much ego there is wrapped up in this. Like, right. I, if I lose this case, that means I've lost a case. And that's not good for me. That's not right. good for my future in my uh-huh. career and so no matter what I believe I want to win.
1: See okay you're you're absolutely right that's part of the thing that kind of freaks me out about all this stuff mm-hmm. is like it becomes more about winning right than like about what's right
0: <laughs> and it is why <laughs> I could never be a lawyer because huh. if I really believed that the person I was defending did it, yeah, I would just be like, oh, "Well, well, I, I mean, he he's guilty. <laughs> I, would, I would just like I would I would screw it up so bad. Because, but don't you see the guy killed the dude? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't think I would make it that far. Right. In, in that right, career. Yeah. But I just am so disinterested in climbing any ladders right now at this moment Wait, in my life yeah. that I would have to just be like, sorry, dude. <laughs> right. I know I am supposed to defend against you, but you obviously did it. I'm just gonna tell the jury that. Is that okay?
1: <laughs> right. You 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 uh ordered the code red, right? Y- yeah. You <laughs> just did. tell me. You ordered okay. the code red.
0: Um right. so then there are some setbacks in kind of this first courtroom uh sequence, right? It turns out that mm. one of the uh one of the guys, one of the Marines, wasn't even there in a place where he said he was um, because their main defense is they had to follow this order. And so, uh, and so they're not guilty because they were following an order of somebody, of their supervisor, right? Not supervisor, of their Mm -hmm. superior. And so it turns out that one of them was not actually even ordered that directly. Right. And then there's a, big upset when one of their main defendants, this Markinson guy who was in the room, commits suicide. Right. And so he can no longer take the stand, obviously. Uh, and so there's this kind of they're they're down and out. This the, the underdogs are very under again with right. what they want to do. They've got nothing, man.
1: They what what is what does Tom Cruise said? He said, All I have is the testimony of two people that are charged with murder. Uh Uh-huh. You know? Right. So he's like, we we have nothing. I can't prove anything. Markinson shows up. Mm -hmm. He's gonna give him Jessup. Right. Like he's gonna go above Kendrick all the way to Jessup and be like, Jessup ordered the code red. Yep. And remember uh Galloway is like, we're gonna win. (laughs) We're like there's this super interesting like development between these two characters of Galloway and Caffey because she keeps like she she's like super optimistic yeah she believes in him right like she almost believes in him more than he believes in himself like there's a huge undercurrent in this in this movie about like you know he talks about the psychobabble right of like where daddy's expectations Mm -hmm. too big but actually in the um in those extras rob reiner the the kind of like meeting the expectations of your father thing yep. was a big reason why he took this movie. Yeah. Is that he loved. So he, his Carl Reiner, who actually I feel bad cause I don't really know much about other than oceans 11. Uh huh. Um, he was great in that. Um, but he was like, I always felt like I needed to match up to my father's expectations. And so that's, Oh yeah. Kathy. Right. Um, is, you know, had this famous lawyer dad. It's mm-hmm. like amazing. Yep. And you know, he's not quite cutting it yeah um he he kind of feels like way too uh not smart but like way too successful to be like in this this role like i think he probably maybe he wanted to be uh in the firm you know like because he <laughs> right. went to harvard yeah definitely Like he didn't get that letter uh-huh. that he ends up getting in the firm yep so now he's just like playing softball you know yeah defending
0: uh, right doing plea bargains and yep. and then he even realizes himself I was chosen for this because they thought I was That's a lightweight.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: so it, during during this time, when they're kind of down and out, I mm-hmm. have this in my notes. Uh, drunk Tom Cruise throwing stuff around. <laughs> <laughs> he's all wet. Uh, he comes uh-huh. into the room. He throws papers everywhere. He says he's yep. going to quit. Uh, the only people that believe in him anymore... Are Kevin Pollack maybe Well he does Mm -hmm. he says If I were to choose anybody between your dad and you I'd choose you in a heartbeat right And Demi Moore also believes in him Uh, Yep Now I'll do an honorable mention real quick Because I want to save my chunk chunk for later Okay I love that Demi Moore and Tom Cruise Do not sleep together Mm, Totally And actually they go on this kind of weird date Right But they're eating crab and <laughs> well that, that's classic for there i guess yeah that's true the, the, there's as far as i can tell there's maybe one moment where he's like are you asking me on a date but there's no chemistry there romantically right. and i love that not at all I, I don't want that there's no time for that uh there's no reason for that mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh the movie gets an r rating for f-bombs but there. If my boys are ever actually interested in watching this movie with me, I'm not going to have to fast forward through anything. Uh, right. Like I, I. But beyond that, beyond the fact that I'm a prude, <laughs> is the fact that I don't think that would have improved the movie at all. In fact, I think it would have been a distraction yep. from maybe her professionalism. I don't know. I just really like that there's no kind of undercurrent romance going on here. For sure.
1: No, I read that... Um... The role was kind of like genderless. So it could have been played like it, it wasn't supposed to be a romantic role at all. And yeah. actually. Um, oh, shoot, there I, I, I texted you this.
0: Yeah, you did. And I'm, I'm looking for it right now. OK, I got it. Okay. It's a screenshot. Uh, an unnamed executive gave Aaron Sorkin a note. If Tom Cruise and Demi Moore aren't going to sleep with each other, why is Demi Moore a woman? He responded. I said the obvious answer. Women have purposes other than to sleep with Tom Cruise. <laughs> right. I mean, so the now I, I feel good about Aaron Sorkin in that moment, right? There are some times in the great. West Wing where I'm like, dude. <laughs> but here he's, yeah. here, here he's doing a great job, which is, yep. yeah, why can't that role be a woman without it becoming sexualized? So that Tom yep. Cruise has somebody to have sex with. It, right. Like two-thirds into the movie.
1: Right. It's not like it's a James Bond movie. Right. You know, or or Mission Impossible. Um, <laughs> now, there, I I feel like there is a small... There's... Well, so it's the early 90s. Yeah. But there's definitely an undercurrent of sexism in this movie. Like, right. Like, again, where she walks into that total boys club mm-hmm. at the beginning. You know, I'd like you to go get a coffee so we can talk about you behind your back. Um, well, and when
0: Jack Nicholson says that hideous thing. Oh man, to Tom which Bruce is also in cut in her.
1: the Yeah, that's cut in the in the cable version. I had never <laughs> heard that before.
0: But even that is you know that a terrible person is saying this. Right. Uh now, that doesn't excuse what I know is sexism in all corners of this, of, of right. any workplace, of the military, right? That exists. And so I don't want to be like, well, we know he's bad, so it's okay if we said it. Uh, right, right. But you're right. There, there is, There's a little bit of undercurrent there. Well, no, they're painting is, a picture. Uh, yeah, exactly.
1: Like when he said, you know... You, Lieutenant Weinberg. hmm You know, like, kind of just like a little slur there. Is there um,
0: even some anti-Semitism there? Right? Yeah. Like... Totally. Uh, so, a lot of those words come out of Jack Nicholson's mouth. Yep. Uh, I, Which are, like, full of teeth.
1: <laughs> right? like, yep, definitely. <laughs> like, he... I don't know why, but this movie, it's like he's talking through his teeth. Yeah. And, like, it's like his jaw is like
0: so muscular or something he, he's so full of anger yeah this character and also i would posit jack nicholson uh-huh. is just an angry person It so uh-huh. it really works uh I, yep. I think the relief for me comes from there was no like oh well you're a woman and so we need to sleep with each other right uh, th- th- there's kind of that mutual respect that happens without that yep. element. I love it. Um, Super awesome. So Tom Cruise is throwing stuff around. Right. Then he decides, I, I still want to take the case anyway. Um, he drinks some yu hoo to sober up. I don't know. <laughs> right. She puts on a pot of coffee. <laughs> right. That's true. Heated up yoo I bet you that's all it was. She just <laughs> microwaved some yoo <Yoo-Hoo. laughs>
1: Um, well, actually, she's she's gonna make a pot of coffee, uh-huh. and then he goes on that crazy, like the galactically stupid
0: scream, and then
1: just yes, yeah, that might be the loudest Tom Cruise has ever been in a movie ever.
0: Maybe I don't know. Yeah, um, and then they go. Th- then something changes his mind. They go back to court, right? And then it's just the final scene. It's just the final well, scene in the courtroom. <laughs>
1: He decides he has that conversation yeah. with Weinberg, mm-hmm. and that's where he says the thing about his dad. I would rather... He said, would my dad okay. put Jessup on the stand? Yeah. So, like, there's the marker. He's got this this issue where, am I as good as my dad or not? Mm-hmm. Was I put on this for a reason or not? Yeah. And then he's like, "You, your dad didn't have this case. You have this case. Right. Right. And so... And, he, and and so he's like, so it's up to you now. Like, it's like the bar has been set. Yep. Um, and he said, I don't think your dad would. Yeah. Right? Yep. And maybe that's the turning point. Yeah. Runs after her, uh-huh. pouring rain still. Yep. Drives after her, drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Not Great. a good idea. Good job.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, and then they start working on the case again and decide. uh, They, they still have a case. There's still hope. They're going to try to get uh jessup jack nicholson back on the stand they call him as a witness right and there's this so there's also this thing where he calls his shot right he says i think jessup wants to confess yes i think he wants to prove something about this now you sent me the clip of siskel and ebert reviewing this and this is what ebert hated yeah. about the movie right right like why yeah. why broadcast what's going to happen at the end but yeah i i like that i mean it's like a it's it, again it's like a sports movie right babe ruth is pointing his bat out to the outfield this, which is a sports
1: movie huh. for. how do you like that uh, good, good job your dad is so happy i right know
0: now. yeah and so that doesn't make it any less tense it's just calling this giant thing that is not almost certainly not going to happen and then you have to watch yep. it play out i think that's exciting
1: yes 100 dude he wants to tell you. he needs to tell him yeah. yeah i yeah it's it's like so the thing is they've set up beautifully the fact um through um jack ross kevin bacon's mm-hmm. character that like dude if you do this yeah like you're gonna be court-martialed you could you know what what is gonna go to jail and become typewriter maintenance right teacher yeah, guy the thing. yep there's a classic sorkin mm-hmm. you know like that's classic sorkin and then sorry i lost your set of steak knives yeah like so classic trope like <laughs> sorkin tropes yeah um and so, but he sets it up perfectly. Like he's putting it all on the line. Like he, at any point, could have just cashed out. Mm-hmm. Right, you know and I mean? almost
0: does several times.
1: Yep, totally.
0: Am I missing anything before they get into the courtroom in mm-hmm. that last scene? Nope.
1: Oh, the only other thing is that they figured out that he doctored the logbooks. Oh, right. So uh, Weinberg is sent on a mission, basically to just put, like. Put two airmen in the room to just kind of like intimidate right Jessup that we have even though it's a total bluff yep um <laughs> definitely
0: oh and then there's the shirts
1: there we go okay hold on dude yeah are you ready for this yep okay
0: okay he's chunking in
1: exhibit c mm-hmm. the shirts in the closet
0: the shirts in the closet okay what is your take on the shirts in the closet
1: Okay, so here's the, oh man, it's just it's more sorkin sorkinisms. Yeah. Okay, you've got he's he's where's my bat? Where's the prop? Uh-huh. Prop master, where's my <laughs> yoo-hoo? Where's my bat? <laughs> right. So uh, I, this was this is either different in the play or this was in a rewrite or something like that because there was something different about the way that this ends w- was supposed to be. Okay. But it but uh Sorkin was like it was easier to to just show something in a movie. Yeah. So like when they're down in Guantanamo Bay, he notices he just like he's just observing, but he doesn't think about it. Yeah. That Santiago, all of his clothes are still laid out, even though he's supposed to leave the next morning. Right. And so he goes and gets his bat and sees all his dress whites. Yep. All his perfectly uh, pressed clothing in there and that's still that it's hanging like up in the light. closet. Yeah. Right light bulb goes off and this um is basically in the courtroom scene the thing that that blows it all up okay so it's like why why were his and and then you've got great sorkin alliterations Mm -hmm. um so why didn't he make any calls yep and why didn't he pack any clothes right when you were coming here and you made three phone calls and you um you know packed a suitcase you know right okay so
0: i, I i'm let me push back a little bit okay the, great i feel like the shirts and the telephone log yep this isn't a pushback at all it is what gets tom cruise going
1: Yep. Yeah, but yeah it, it's like the the catalyst right exactly the shirts are the catalyst because yeah he ends up well, sorry,
0: you go ahead. It's like the worship ska band I was in in college, Catalyst. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> yep. that totally. ska band I was in and you were in a little bit yep. playing trumpet. It's called Catalyst, just <laughs> like the scene. Uh, but then it gets like shot down by Jack Nicholson. Uh uh-huh. huh. He, yep. he.
1: Please tell me that you're not pinning their right. lives on a phone bill.
0: And so it's a little deflating to me as a viewer mm, to be like, yep. I thought. This was gonna go like every other like an episode of Law and Order. They find one piece of evidence that's gonna work. Yep. yep. Instead, it's so much better because yep. he realizes and there's that scene where Jack Nicholson said, Is it is that it phone records and mm-hmm. uh foot foot lockers. lockers Yeah. Yes. And there is this long tense pause where Cruz's character is thinking, is that it? And then, yes. just like in Creed, when mm. he jumps off the mat after being knocked down, he says, I'm going to go for this. Yes. And then his strategy becomes, I'm just going to make this guy so pissed at me <laughs> that he's going <laughs> to confess <Yes. laughs> that he did, in fact, <laughs> give the order that killed this Marine. Yeah. And then you have the Oscar Clip. I mean there's there was no Oscar given but this is the Oscar scene where Cruz and Jack Nicholson are just screaming at each other with Kevin Bacon in the background screaming also and objecting yes and the judge (laughs) mad at Tom Cruise for doing this and then uh, and then is the line. Of the nineties. Yep. Right. Sir, so you made it clear just a moment ago that your men never
1: take matters in their own hands. Your men follow orders or people die. So Santiago shouldn't have been in any danger at all, should he have, Colonel? You snotty little bastard. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. The court will wait for an answer. If Lieutenant Kendrick gave an order that Santiago wasn't to be touched, then why did he have to be transferred? Colonel? Lieutenant Kendrick ordered the Code Red, didn't he? Because that's what you told Lieutenant Kendrick to do. Object! And when it went bad,
0: you case. cut these guys loose! Your Honor, you Johnson, had mortgages inside in the pony transport, Your Honor, you doctored the logbook! Damn, can't you coerced the doctor! Consider yourself in contempt! Colonel Justin did you order the Code Red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question.
1: You want answers? I think I'm entitled to You them. want
0: answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Um, just so beautifully done and angrily done yes. by that angry person, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and it's just a, a beautiful thing to watch.
1: Oh, man, dude, that is epic movie history right there.
0: And sometimes you forget because that line is so over, over-referenced over that mm, it's over-referenced yep. for a reason, It because it's so good. Yeah. and And in context, it's still an amazing scene, even though it's been overplayed. Over referenced.
1: See, I don't think I totally got that scene until this week. Huh. Like understood that line. Okay. Like, like part of me okay, and you can you can judge me for this because sometimes stuff just goes like right through my thick skull. Okay. Um <laughs> I just thought it was like <laughs> I just thought it was like an amazing line. Yeah. You can't handle the truth. Mm-hmm. Um The thing that he's saying is like the truth that he believes in mm-hmm. we, we can get into like relativism at a different time sure but is like we want him on that wall yeah. right yeah we need him on that wall protecting us yeah that place that's in us that we don't talk about it parties mm-hmm. um you know like that like there's all it's almost like there's a dirty job i'm just like talking in frames phrases here but there's like a dirty job and somebody needs to do it right you know, and, and we're like, we can't do it. Like even in this in this uh DVD thing, uh-huh. like Kevin Bacon was like, I could never be a Marine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's and, like too hard. And so the crazy thing about that is during that speech, I'm like, Yep. He's got a point. Yeah. It it's so not cut <clears throat> and dry, this whole movie. It's hard to right. figure out what yeah is actually the right thing here because even though he has confessed and or is about to confess that your gd right i did your i did do right. this thing it was to protect you and protect the country and that's right. what i do i protect you and i protect the country even though you don't like it as he's making yep. that horribly angry speech i'm like okay great point Yep, and, and you I don't even can't know what, handle that truth. Right, I guess I can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> it's not just a line; it's like true, mm-hmm. and that's good writing. It's great. Um, I'm gonna chunk chunk in real quick. Sweet. With the verdict. Okay. So Jack Nicholson confesses he's taken away, and then you get the verdict, and. Here's why I'm using it as my final exhibit, as evidence why this is a perfect movie. Because these two guys, who it has become apparent, did this because they were commanded to and everybody agrees. Yep. They don't get off scot-free. Yep. They're not guilty of murder. They're not guilty of manslaughter. But they do get a guilty verdict on behavior unbecoming of a Marine... I think that's what it is mm-hmm. or an officer yeah. of the united states or something like that and they are stripped of their position
1: yep dishonorably discharged dishonorably right?
0: discharged and yeah. that kind of sums up the full feel of the movie to me which is it's a brilliantly written movie about the fact that sometimes things are not black and white Hmm. And it's not good guys and bad guys and it's not right or wrong when the law gets involved and uh, duty and honor and all that stuff. It It's it just there's no simple answer. And so it's not like you're not guilty. Yay. And everybody leaves smiling.
1: Right. Woohoo. Yeah. Totally high fives and stuff. All right, Weinberg. <laughs> Wait for the exactly.
0: assist. <laughs> it is not guilty, but it's also guilty. Mm hmm. And it's, yep. it's just a really complex, I think, way to end the movie. Uh, I also like the, 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 the kind of title card of the end at the end.
1: Yeah, in that little like <laughs> – it's almost like the Instagram um, font. You mm-hmm. know, like when you tap through the fonts, right. there's that one that's like late night vibes. <laughs> it's totally that like
0: swirly, the end. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which kind of puts a period on the whole movie. But also you mm-hmm. you're not quite sure how to feel and I really like that. Right.
1: Mm. Now that musical cue right there is actually pretty good.
0: There there is like a swelling of and it's an orchestral sound instead of that yeah. harpsichord thing. Yeah. It's like doo dee da dee da doo,
1: dee do
0: <laughs> it's pretty good. I noticed that, too. I was like, well, phew, oh, yeah. at nice. least they ended on a high note
1: score-wise. Yep, they've got that plaintiff oboe. Yep. Um, dude, can I just say, I we, we 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 skipped over it, but I just love that look when Caffey is about to go for it or not, mm-hmm. and he looks at uh, Demi Moore, and he looks at Kevin Pollock, and Kevin Pollock gives him that,
0: like very like very subtle head shake like like, no don't don't yep don't do it bro yeah
1: i i I just i love that look right
0: there yeah me too so good and i don't i I can't tell what uh demi Moore feels which is probably great acting right Mm -hmm. it must be hard to not broadcast how you're feeling in a moment that's so tense right uh because he he kind of gets nothing from her about whether he should keep going or not. Right. Which I like also. And then he just goes yep. for it. And it's just a powerhouse from then on.
1: So good. So great.
0: All right, dude. Well, that's the movie. Wow. We got through it. Yep, definitely. <laughs> and so now it's in the hands of our listeners. So, listener, if you want to tell us whether you think it's a perfect movie, there's several ways to do that. You can vote on our poll on Instagram story. That's uh, uh, at perfect movie Podcast. Go to our website and click the vote link on the top of the page, perfectmoviepodcast.com. Also follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash perfect and we're going to put a poll up there as well. And then we're going to decide once and for all: does a few good men make our perfect movie list? Great dude.
1: Can't wait to see what people say.
0: All right, let's head over to some listener feedback and close this thing up.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: Did you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Ha ha. (laughs) Maybe you think it's Jack Nicholson talking right now, but you're wrong. It's me, Tom Cruise, doing my Jack Nicholson impression. How do you like it? Well, I hope you enjoy it as much as listener feedback. You stupid son of a bitch. Listener feedback. (laughs) I'm Tom Cruise doing a Jack Nicholson impression. (laughs) I mean, obviously that was not in the original play because Jack Nicholson wasn't in the original play. But it is a kind of an interesting moment when Tom Cruise does that Jack Nicholson impression.
1: Oh, that that was one of those things I found on IMDB that that was improvised. Oh, okay. So Demi Moore and... um, Kevin Pollack, that's like real reactions right there.
0: Love it. I like that. I have breakfast four thousand feet from some <laughs> Cubans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Do Do you know who was it? Was Kathy in the play? Did you read this? No. Um, Tom. How do you pronounce his last name? Tom Hulse. Mmm. Yeah. Amadeus himself. I don't know how to
1: say his name. Amade. Okay, so that would. So that would mean that that's the score to the play was probably pretty good. Mozart was in it. Wait, so you're you're
0: positing that Mozart <laughs> wrote the score for *A Few Good Men* the play because Tom Hulse was in it? Yeah, no,
1: Mozart was in it, dude. It's the same guy. You're right. I'll tell you, uh, Tom, Tom Hulse has some weird vibrato. He totally does. Hunchback of Notre Dame.
0: Right. Uh, uh, day, uh, day out there.
1: Yep. <laughs> Man, that is a good movie though. Put it on the list. That is a really good movie. Here, let me just mention this. And we'll get into listener feedback. Listener feedback. Yeah. Mark Shaman did the score. We never mentioned it. Uh, of a few good men. Of a few good men. Yeah. Um. He did tons of Rod Reiner movies. Okay. Um, he did The American President that is more orchestrally lush.
0: I like that score. I yeah. Guess.
1: Yep. Uh, and he did City Slickers 1 and 2.
0: Oh, interesting. That makes a lot of sense.
1: So he's a friend of Billy Crystal uh-huh. and Rob Reiner.
0: Okay. Um. And so like, man, that is a great score. Right. But I believe this score needs to be stricken from the record if we're going to claim that this movie is a perfect movie.
1: Okay, so that's what's – now, what – like, when – here? here's the thing that I don't get yeah. is, like, I can't imagine this movie without this weird sounding. <laughs> do, 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 do. Like, yeah, you know what I mean?
0: that's a good point. Yeah.
1: Okay, let me mention one heavy-handed moment that drives me crazy. Okay. I'm going to put Jessup on the stand. It goes from, like, a minor key, and there's, like, this major chord, like – like with a ninth in or something. Like that. It's uh-huh. like, uh, you know, it is so dumb. Like you couldn't like, cause you know how music is like supposed to like manipulate your emotions. Yes. Um, in a, in a movie, in a, in a, you know, it moves, moves it along the, the emotional tone. Right. Just what next time you watch that part, just watch how it's like, digga 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 digga. I'm going to put Jessup on the stand.
0: Uh. <laughs> it's like yay (laughs) (laughs) well it's it's like my main problem with watching west wing on netflix which is no Ah. matter what the ending of that episode is yep the very the final the finale of west wing (laughs) Yep. <laughs>
1: Seven seasons of gloriousness.
0: <laughs> All right, so I, I I think for me I need to strike the score from the record. Uh, okay. To feel good about calling this a perfect movie. Uh, Great. And so I'll ask the I'll ask the audience to, the listener to do the same. Okay. It's just Got we it. reserve that right to strike something once in a while from the record, um, which actually brings me to our listener feedback. Um, Joan uh, wrote, and and several other people wrote this too, uh, it's strange, about their husbands. And so, Uh um, uh, female listeners writing to us about their husbands not liking our premise. That we say that these are perfect movies when they could Uh immediately pick it apart. And so maybe second episode in, we need to reestablish what we consider to be a perfect movie. We know we know there's nothing perfect on this mortal coil <laughs> so give us a break it's a hook right like so right. one thing we talked about was is it worthy of the golden record on V'ger right is would the aliens watch this movie and get a good idea right of for sure of what earth is like right right Do <laughs> he had no honor he had no code <laughs>
1: Right that's like okay <laughs> that's pretty good.
0: It's like yeah okay we like is is it worthy of put, taking up space on the Voyager probe? Right. Uh, <laughs> even though now that doesn't make as much sense you could put it on flash drive. Sure. And it would and, and you could actually put like a
1: screen on it.
0: <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> where th- where when they were making that golden record for Voyager it was like we only have a certain amount of space. Right. Because yeah. it costs how much in fuel to get this thing into the, into, into space. Right now they could just put as much as they want on a small hard drive. Right. To
1: send tons of terabytes out into space, but still there, it was a physical copy. And what, weren't there instructions on how to make something to play it right on it? Yeah. It is so
0: interesting to look up the, the golden record thing. Uh, so cool. So that's part of it. Another thing I thought of was like, sometimes you just have a feeling. Yep. After you're done watching this movie, we're gonna talk about this next week when we do arrival.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh man.
0: Where it's like it was perfectly done. Yep. And there's no arguing one way or the other. I say as we make this podcast where we're gonna be arguing one way or the other. But <laughs> right, for right. me it's it's also a healthy amount of you just get this feeling it's a perfect movie. Yep. Uh I don't know. Any thoughts on
1: that? Yep. Well, so one of the things I do, dude, mm-hmm. is I totally fall asleep to West Wing on a regular basis. Okay. Okay. This is one of those musical Sorkin beautiful sounding things mm-hmm. that you can just have on. Yeah. Like you, if you turn it on cable, which right. neither of us have anymore, we've cut the cord. Right. Perfect. Cut the cord on Aaron cable, I but I have, have last... eight
0: streaming platforms that I subscribe to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. But dude... There you you do miss the fact that you can just sit down and like turn on the news. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, that's one of the things. Yeah. Um. But but man, me and Aaron, you know, I got back from my concert on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. We watched a few good men. Yeah. Uh, it's daylight savings. You get an extra hour. Mm-hmm. Dude, perfect.
0: Yeah. Perfect.
1: Yeah. We're so, laughing. Right. We're cheering.
0: You know. Yeah. So we get, we understand. Maybe we are gonna are gonna need to say this over and over again. We understand that we're not... Maybe it's like we're not talking about flawless. Ooh. We're talking about perfect. Kind of the concept of that. So I'm sorry if your husbands don't get it. (laughs) If they want to argue with us, that's fine. But maybe it's enough to know that we know that the word perfect is unattainable. Right. But we're looking for, I don't know, a small list, 10 movies... Yeah. Feature worthy yep. uh, to kind of put out there into the world and make people's lives more delightful, uh,
1: we yep. get it. I can tell you it was perfect when we watched Flight of the Navigator.
0: The Chinese that food was, helped. Remember that?
1: Dude, those uh the calamari mm-hmm. salt and or salt and pepper squid, that's what it was. Yeah. So crispy with like jalapenos.
0: Uh-huh. Dang. So maybe Joan, if your husband is like, Well, this movie's not perfect because of this line, mm-hmm. then you can yep. say, yeah, but what if you were eating calamari?
1: Well you're Ooh. watching it with that help? while yep, <laughs> totally. You like you need you need some more contributing factors. Yeah, definitely. Totally.
0: Yep. Like you who put a Yoohoo in front of him. Watch uh-huh. a few good men while drinking <laughs> this. <laughs> wow, that was perfect. My mind Let is completely you. changed. <laughs> All right. There was just one more listener feedback I wanted to talk about. This is from Seth, yep. longtime Gomer listener. Yep. Uh, and gift giver, right? I mean, he gave us yes some soap last Dude, Christmas that was Duke something Cannon. else. Duke Canyon, yeah, Duke Cannon. Um, he said, you, you know, we talked a little about a little bit last episode. Like, do we get more of a say than our audience because we're the podcast hosts? He was saying he thinks it needs right. to be three out of three.
1: I thought that was pretty genius. Yeah,
0: you and me and the audience, the listeners, need to agree Mm. that this is a perfect movie for it to get on the list. Wow. Mm. I love it. Yeah, and I think I'm going to have to agree. Because if we have 150 or more movies, I mean, we added the right stuff and I can't remember else. What else? Oh, Hunchback hunchback of Notre Dame today. (laughs) Uh, We've got to be pretty stringent on this right we have to have high a high bar
1: for sure yeah i i I think that's great
0: yeah i think i'm worried about two things one is that we'll get no movies on this list because nobody will agree with us on any of these or we'll get too many uh because people are nice right well
1: is it like cheaper by the dozen when 12 kids Mm -hmm. vote But then the parents just decide
0: (laughs) they overrule. Like,
1: I I love that scene. Uh, They're like, well, what's the point in voting? Dada. Uh You're just you guys are just going to choose anyways.
0: Right. Yeah. So. uh, So when I think about it in practical terms, like, let's say the voting comes in on Jurassic Park, which it is right now, and the audience says, no, that's going to be really hard on me. But if the audience says no on a few good men, great. So I don't know what to do with that.
1: Jurassic Park and ET are just so precious.
0: Yeah, so maybe people know us enough that they'll just throw us a bone on some of these movies. Yep. All right. <laughs> this, this whole thing is falling apart, and it's two episodes in.
1: Episode two. Well, just wait till we get to Uncle Buck and Total Recall, and then it'll just it'll be
0: mayhem. I know. I mean, pe- they'll be rioting in the streets. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, uh, people can let us know what they think. Uh, Certainly, they should vote on A Few Good Men. Uh, And also, if you guys have any other comments or questions or advice, if you have any movie-related questions, we'd love to kind of address some of those. They don't even have to do necessarily with our movies that we're doing, but any movie questions that you have for me and Anthony, there's several ways to contact us. You can go to our website, perfectmoviepodcast.com. You can vote with the link on the top, and you can comment under the current podcast uh, blog post there. You can go to facebook.com slash podcast to connect with us. You can follow us on Twitter at perfmoviepod. Follow us on Instagram and take our online polls there, Perfect Movie Podcast, And you can send us an email, perfectmoviepodcast at gmail.com if you have anything longer to say to us. And I'm telling you what, the reviews are in. But we'd love more. I would love 100 ratings on iTunes. That would be amazing. So go to Apple we should Podcasts. We set our sights. Yeah. Right. Uh, right now you can do that. Uh, you're listening to the podcast. Just kind of scroll up. Give us a star rating. Write us a quick even one sentence review. Uh, that would be great. So that we can kind of gain some traction on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Our podcast should also be available on Spotify right now, so you can go there. I don't think there's a place to give us ratings there, but uh, all the listens we can get, we'll take.
1: All all you got to do on Spotify is just hit repeat and then set up a computer in your house and just have it playing on repeat at all times, 24 hours a day.
0: (laughs) This is our grand plan. We only need several (laughs) listeners, but if all of them are listening on repeat, great. Over and over again. Yeah. Just do it. We love you, Gomer yep. Nation, uh, and and we're cashing in all of our trust chips right now, right? <laughs> all the relational um, stuff that we've built up, we're cashing it in. Help us out.
1: Sweet. Yep. All right, we got to give some thanks. Yep. Um, dude, Jason Coy for mm-hmm. our artwork. You're sure. the man. Mm-hmm. Our webmaster, Adam Dilling, ooh, ooh. and Noah Stewart for the music. Um, yep. just Jason, Adam, Noah, you guys rock. Um seriously
0: for sure thanks and uh people can check out 10 years of the gomers 11 years of the gomers uh on apple podcasts on spotify we just posted it there two gomers run for their lives uh we suggest that you start with the 10th anniversary episodes which are close to the top and then go back and listen from season one if you like what you hear wow
1: dude let's close with a few glean from the phone uh what have coulda is just for fun
0: right these are notes that anthony takes during the movie uh-huh. For some reason, I'm unable to do this. I, I'm I I I can't take notes during the movie. It's so weird. <laughs> so I maybe part of it is I know you're doing it, so I can rely on you. But these are okay. random thoughts or questions that Anthony has during the watching of the movie.
1: Or or looked up. Okay. <laughs> or heard on the DVD extra. Okay, great. Okay, so Kiefer Sutherland, who is amazing in this,
0: from 24.
1: Oh my god! I mean, like. Both him and Kevin Bacon, it's like unbelievable that they are in this movie. Like either of those could be the protagonist, dude, right?
0: And you know, we we very briefly mentioned Cuba Gooding Jr., who has a yeah. tiny role in this, uh, yep, and then goes on to scream at Tom Cruise in other movies in their career, right? right. <laughs> Show me the money. They're showing you some of the money, yeah. Uh,
1: see, I um, I had seen Jerry Maguire way before this, I think. Oh, interesting. So I was like if I'm remembering that correctly cuz I like I'm like why is why is uh, Jeremy Maguire dude in this? <laughs> like he's way too big. He was in Pearl Harbor. Oh, yeah. You know? Definitely. Um Okay, so anyways, Kiefer, who yeah. rocks mm-hmm. and I own two books.
0: The Bible The Code of Honor
1: and and the King James Bible.
0: King James. I love that detail. Yeah, okay.
1: Oh, so good. Um so he he drove the Humvee, and like, apparently he knocked out quite a few Marines. Like drove over
0: what? He so, yep. hit so, Marine. He hit people.
1: Yeah. So like, there's that scene where they're like driving. Yeah. Um, and it's like a and the, there's Marines marching past them. Right. So no, nobody like died or anything. Uh-huh. So that's why I was laughing. But I guess he like knocked quite a few over and like drove over somebody's foot or leg
0: or something. Wow. Like that. Well, Humvees are big. Um, I guess.
1: Yeah, super wide. So that's why Noah Wiley later, uh-huh. I think it's him, um, drives them back.
0: Really? They're like, um, you're not driving he, this car a w- Kiefer.
1: Right. Wow. Um, oh. Okay. Originally, Weinberg was supposed to be Jason Alexander. I can see that. Yeah, totally. So Seinfeld got picked up for a second season. Okay. And so... Which was out.
0: probably a shock because that first season... Well, you, you've come oh. to like it, right? No, okay. Seinfeld season one is so dumb. The Seinfeld Chronicles or whatever it was called, right?
1: <laughs> totally. It's it's bad. It's not There's good. no Elaine. Right. Kramer is super dumb. He's basically Stanley Spadowski from UHF.
0: Right, which is amazing in UHF, but didn't right. work in Seinfeld. And do you know that story where right. he he didn't figure out that character until Seinfeld said, you're playing it wrong. You're not a step behind everybody. You're a step ahead. Wow. And that completely changed that. that character. <laughs> and so he was like, don't play it like you're the dumbest guy in the room. Play it like you're the you're the only person that actually knows what's happening.
1: Yeah, That makes total sense. Because <laughs> yeah. he's always like riding high like he it's like it's almost like he's he's more spiritually connected right i mean or something like that he
0: knows about levels in his apartment before anybody else right but it's the <laughs> wrong cherry. idea totally he doesn't know that uh-huh. and he never can he, he never fesses up to that right so he's always right. he plays it like he's smarter than everybody else which is great
1: hmm. that's great yeah um a couple others mm-hmm. originally two other ladies that were Potentially cast Linda Hamilton. Okay,
0: I like that. Um, and Jodie Foster. Both of those make sense to me. But the real question is, could they have pulled off this hairdo that Demi Moore has going ah, on in this movie? Right. What, what is this hairdo? I don't know. Like part of the movie, I'm like, does she have her hair tied up in a like behind hmm. her? But no, yeah, it's like I wonder. Yeah. A short cut, but like really f- like flares out
1: <laughs> in yeah. this strange what way on the
0: top of her head.
1: And I love how like when she goes over that one casual night and she's like, can I, can I uh, d- buy you dinner? Right. You know, totes cash mm-hmm. still has that dressy haircut or <laughs> hairstyle. It's like it never. Yeah. I don't think it's ever let
0: down. And I don't think I've you know, ever seen it again ever before or since. It is like a completely uh-huh. unique unique hairdo for this movie Unto Me More. Totally. So, hmm. sorry Jody Foster can't pull that off. Certainly not Linda Hamilton. Sorry. Y-
1: yep. And I think there would have been as little chemistry between any of those three and Tom Cruise. I agree. Yep. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Anything else on your notes?
1: I have tons of notes, man, but we're like almost two hours in. This has been <laughs> <laughs> such a blast. I don't think
0: we're that um, bad, but oh no, yeah. No. Oh, you're right. We're we're over 90 minutes. Maybe our goal should yeah. be. This this is an appropriate goal. We cannot go over the time, the the running time of the movie that we're talking about.
1: <laughs> yes, okay. That's great. So when we talk about which We're talking, we we had this idea the other day, which is like imperfect sequels. Right. So Jurassic Park 3 has to be less than like an hour and 20 minutes straight to DVD, straight to television (laughs) special.
0: (laughs) Well, and where we'll really run into this is uh, when we do Charlie Brown special movies, right? When we do the Christmas, we'll have to break the rule then. Um, yeah yeah I don't know we, we make the rules as we go along but I think that's pretty good rule of thumb don't go over the running time of the actual movie that we're talking about
1: yep that's great
0: okay so we um, did it. so
1: so you want so you want 20 more um, gleaned from phones is what you're saying <laughs> I man? <think> we're okay
0: <laughs> but I will all mention right. this if you all want a schedule of movies that we're doing through the end of the year make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook so yes. Perfect Movie Podcast is our handle on both of those places. We have our schedule through the rest of 2019. Um, so you're going to want to look at that next week. Arrival. Oh, man. We decided to get out of the 90s, at least for a little while.
1: Yeah, dude. So pumped about this. Yep. Um. Here's one dude from yeah. Cleaned. Yeah. Jack Nicholson, $5 million.
0: Uh-huh.
1: He believed that that was actually money well spent it was 10 days of shooting and he was like i don't feel bad about that one that was good
0: if i do say so myself five million (laughs) dollars well spent (laughs) 10 days plus Uh a
1: morning i guess
0: yeah so well i mean you can't disagree with the guy it's one of the iconic performances right yep ever so so, uh, i i suppose it was worth it yep All right, dude. Great. Well, have a great time watching Arrival.
1: You too, dude. Can't wait.
0: Happy viewing.